Let them all burn in hell. I'm blocking them. Block and report for spam. Fears. 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 Hello, hello, hello. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And I'm Entertainment Weekly news director, Jillian Cedarholm. And much like Maude Apatow, I am only here to nervously giggle my way through a meet and greet while nobody on this cast has any idea who I am. Wait, who who are you? I don't know. Who, who is this? Who, t- Sammy, who do we have on the line here? I don't know. I... I don't don't know who this person is, but we're going to continue to do this podcast anyway, because together we do form a duo on par with that of Heidi and Closet and La La Ree. And before we get to our interview with Miss Darian Lake, today we're broadcasting live outdoors. Remember when they used to let the Drag Race Queens do that? Uh, From the Tuckahoe County dump in deep, hot pursuit of the corpse of the birthday cake dress discarded by Mrs. Kasha Davis. There's always time for kindness. We have sifted through many discarded items that reside here, including Robbie Turner's Uber, like the actual car, and actually Merle Ginsburg, who hasn't been seen in over 13 years, but we found her dead. (laughs) All all this to say, we've located the dress amid a sea of relics. Not this. And we're ready to perform our exorcism to make sure this look never sees the light of day again, just as Mrs. Kasha Davis intended. Is Mrs. Kasha Davis's birthday party dress still in the space with us now? Molly, you in danger, girl. I repeat, is Mrs. Kasha Davis's birthday party dress still in the space with us now? This house is clean. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, just just a quick editor's note: Merle Ginsburg is alive and well at the time of this recording. <laughs> we think. Okay. Just to, and uh, just so you all know. <laughs> Jillian added that line into the script without my knowledge. So I that reading of it was my reaction in real time. So I am an actress, everyone, just so you all know. You can all give me my Oscar. Sammy, insert an applause sound effect there, please. Well, now that we've exercised poltergeist of runways past, let's get into this episode, shall we? Ooh. Most exercise I've done. All <laughs> I first want to draw, speaking of, well, I mean, we are now introducing the conspiracy theory to the world that Merle Ginsburg is dead. Um, <laughs> I want to draw our attention to another conspiracy theory involving this episode. Well, it's actually, I guess it's it's not really a conspiracy theory, but it is a series of events that don't quite add up to me because we started with perhaps the horniest mini challenge ever where the queens had to choose whether the pit crew was going to break a balloon by humping their asses, or if the queens were going to hump the pit crew's asses to break the balloon, which would determine their placement as one of the three teams for the TV trailer comedy challenge. They also did this back on season 14 with poor little Georges trying to (laughs) um, hump (laughs) a pit crew member, which became an instant meme. They brought this back, but it was 10 times filthier this time. Um, Jim, because Jimbo even like got down on her knees and started licking the glitter up. Like it was just, it was very obscene in the best way possible. But then in the challenge, Michelle Visage, one of our nation's great auteur filmmakers who should have won at Cannes, the Palme d'Or, she directed Candy, Jimbo, and Jessica to tone down their sexiness. Like she told Jessica not to use the water bottle as a douche in the one scene and Jimbo not to pull lipstick out of Candy's ass, which... It just didn't really add up to me because the judges later criticized someone like Darian for not living up to their comedic potential. And I'm like, to quote Susan Powder, which one, guys? Um, Jillian, did you notice this? And did this also bother you? I would say it didn't seem quite so conspiratorial (laughs) to me. The mini challenge was done in such a silly way that the acts and the reactions were all those were the humor like people thrusting there what was happening like that that was funny while just someone douche douching while just someone douching 
That's what I call it. Well, just someone douching to get ready for a date didn't really seem like a laugh riot to me, like just the act of doing that. So it was more, it seemed like they were just being raunchy to be raunchy, but there wasn't really a punchline there for me. So there was probably a way to, I mean, there might've been a way to pull the lipstick out of someone's ass in a comedic way, but (laughs) I don't think they had inserted a a punchline there. It was just for shock value. So I think maybe, I, I don't think that Michelle Visage was scandalized by it. I think she just didn't recognize, or she just recognized that there wasn't coming across as a punchline, which it also wasn't to me. We've seen this bit of doing sexual acts with the pit crew in skits so many times. We've seen queens pretending to give Bruno or someone else a blowjob. And that also didn't really make me laugh. I was just like, okay, she's giving him a blowjob. Like, how is that adding to the plot here? So I think it was probably smart of Michelle to steer them into at least coming up with a joke because they ended up winning. I don't know, because sometimes that, well, let's, I mean, yes, they ended up winning, but I think- (laughs) The two of us might be fans of a different sketch on this episode, but we'll get to that later. Um, I don't know. I just think that the judging sometimes is so inconsistent. And I really hate it on episodes like this where you can sort of see the inconsistency. And because what if there was like something in the past where they asked somebody to like stop making farting jokes. And then in another sketch, they were like praising somebody for making farting jokes. And it was just like... it's just it's inconsistent sometimes and i don't know i don't because i think that sometimes rue and the judges just love silly nonsensical humor whether it makes sense within the grand scheme of the sketch or not i think that jimbo pulling a lipstick out of someone's ass is funny on in the context of drag race whether it's fitting the auteurist vision for michelle visage or not i just think it's funny because it's jimbo pulling a lipstick out of someone's ass and jessica wilde douching in a bathtub <laughs> like that's just funny and i think that it really would have i I don't, I don't know i guess to me that's not just funny and i think like just hearing someone fart isn't necessarily funny to me if i'm watching something where it's really coming across in a comedic way and there's a joke there yeah that could be funny so i, I don't know i guess i don't agree with the I'm sure there is a way to have made the douching funny, maybe with a line that set it up or something, but just the act of her having a water bottle in the in a bathtub. I think her holding the water bottle and being like, what do you mean? This is too much. Like that was funnier to me than seeing her squatting in a bathtub. Okay. Okay. Jilly and Closet, fan of unfunny gooshing. things. <laughs> fan of gooshing. <laughs> Speaking of of bombshells we got a bit of a bombshell moment heidi called candy out in the workroom as they were getting ready she really truly said fuck you fuck you fuck you fuck you and fuck you to a moment of peace after she didn't appreciate candy asking her in front of the other girls about wanting to quit the competition last week which heidi interpreted as her highlighting a weakness when she was supposed to be in an alliance with candy heidi then almost gets to the point of burning the competition down because she heard things off camera from Candy that she says will will burn the competition down and we'll have some girls going from best friends race to enemy race. Said in the vein of, why is she green? I pose to you. What is her tea? I think she figured out what the fame games is actually and how it's going to work. The thing that we can't figure out still. Uh, okay, correction. The thing that you can't figure out still, the thing that I fully had grasped from the moment they announced it, that Jillian we'll Closet one month later still cannot figure out what the Fame Games is. We'll see. I um, think there's a twist coming in the Fame Games. I, I don't know. I, so we know, okay, so from Heidi's clues, we know that it involves something that Candy told her off yes. camera. And I'm assuming that it has something to do with Jimbo and Candy because there wouldn't have been that edit that shows Candy and Jimbo talking at the workroom table and Candy being like, oh, Jimbo, these girls think that you're competition. And then we we strangely like don't get Candy or Jimbo reacting to what Heidi said. Hmm. So... Like, they don't show 
because you're candy as a smart person if she heard Heidi saying that, you know she was going to say something back. And we don't get any of that. So I think it has to do with something with Jimbo and Candy. I was Whether thinking that it's, too. Maybe it's Candy because they have showed Heidi sort of going between alliances. She has one with Lala. Mm-hmm. We're unclear if the alliance between Heidi and Lala also stretches into the alliance with Jimbo and Candy. So maybe it's Candy is plotting a separate alliance with Heidi, maybe. No, because Candy and Heidi are in al- in the alliance together with Jim. Right, right. But what I'm saying is that maybe Candy is plotting with Heidi to take out someone like Jimbo or yeah. Lala or like somebody else that Heidi is also in an alliance with. Yeah, I was I was thinking something along those lines because the other thing that comes into play is that how whoever or however Heidi was convinced to stay after sounding very convinced that she was about to quit and untucked and then suddenly that plot point was dead by the next episode was that something had happened off camera as Heidi told you yeah. in your interview with her last week uh-huh. um so i and then since candy was the only one who could apparently hear Heidi talking about quitting (laughs) everyone was sitting right next to each other. I was thinking that maybe that story, maybe that conversation continued off camera (gasps) and candy had said something about, you can't go yet. Like let's plot to take Jimbo down as the front runner. (gasps) I mean, candy, candy producer muse, like she named herself that and we know that she knows how to plot something. So I was thinking also that it was some kind of takedown and that if Heidi, Heidi, being too smart to have re- to reveal it yet because it would actually hurt her game, but that maybe there is some kind of plotting going on. Yeah. That suddenly that, people would get upset. I think that's what's going on. Yeah. That's probably why Heidi would not say what it was that got her to stay. And yeah. because we know that Jimbo is kind of playing it like best friends race, maybe because of what happened in UK versus the world. It's very different than how Jimbo played it on UK yeah. versus the world. Yeah, yeah. But like when Jimbo was telling James like, Oh, you know, I want to, or saying in the confessional after doing the deliberation with James that she wanted to be friends with James and that James was guarded. And then I think did also end up making a comment to James of like, Oh, we have so much in common. Like I really do want to be friends with you. So either. Yeah. Candy knows that Jimbo's bullshitting because Jimbo revealed it to Candy and then Candy revealed it to Heidi that that Jimbo's like trying to make a bunch of friends and then take them down. Mm -hmm. Although, can you take them down if you're never going to win a lip sync to be able to pull the lip sync? Um, So I don't know. I think there's, I think there's something to it, but I, I definitely think it involves Candy and Jimbo in some way. Yes. Oh, for sure. So next week is going to be <laughs> extremely interesting. It's the point of what we're saying here. Yes. But speaking of conspiracy theories, or not conspiracy theories, but just full-blown conspiracy, what the hell's going on? I cannot draw a conclusion as to how Team Heidi, Lala, Kahana lost this challenge with their Same. run, Queen Run Same. TV trailer about a pair of queens named Puncherella and Snatcherella, two idiots, played by Lala and Heidi, who maniacally attempt to steal Kahana's tucking panties. I I thought that this is the one that Heidi should have been mad about coming in safe. Not yes, last me week. too. Although I agree last week she should have been mad too. But this is the one that I yeah. was really pissed. Heidi and, and Lala. she seemed fine. She was just fine. She, she seemed <laughs> totally fine. Even, even relieved. Um, Heidi and Lala have made some of the funniest TV on Drag Race this season and have definitely become my new favorite comedy duo Same. on the show. And I think, yeah, I think we're in full agreement on this yet. Why do we think Heidi was so relieved? I was, I was <sighs> aghast over this. Because I think it has, again, maybe something to do with maybe she's thinking ahead to burning the competition down. <laughs> I mean, maybe she is just like fully settled in in that mode right now. But I was truly like, you know, you see all the memes online about like, oh, this is, you know, the, uh, psychological torture and they're, yeah. they're using this to like wear down a queen's psyche every season. But I really think two weeks in a row with Heidi, like it's shocking. Three weeks in my book, because I I put her at the top of the SNL challenge, too. She was good in that as well, yes. And I just, I I don't get it. Like, I I think that the 
Heidi and Lala alone. Like Kahana, I thought they structured the sketch to everyone's strengths. Like they let Kahana shine as this. She did a. She did it like you know. She did exactly what she needed to do. Like obviously, Kahana does not have the comedic chops of someone like Heidi or Lala. Mm-hmm. So they gave Kahana the perfect role for her and the sketch. She did a good job with it. And then Heidi and Lala took this and made these characters their own and something that was just so absurd and ludicrous and silly and funny. And it was so perfect for Drag Race and their makeup and wigs. This is that is the best that anybody has ever looked on Drag Race, and I mean that in a multitude of ways. The <laughs> yes. two of them, when they are tied together back to back, and the face that Lala gives the camera in yes. that moment is so funny. And I just I, I liked Jimbo and Jessica and Candies. I thought it was I thought it was yeah I laughed at it, but there was just there was no comparison to the others for me. No, I thought this was, I mean, this is a sketch, a skit that they wrote themselves. And I thought it was better than a lot of the things that had been written by drag race writers for acting challenges in the past. We know that the judges love when people let themselves look bad on purpose, which was definitely the case here. And when people are like, Rue loves it when someone is so stupid that it's like, that's what's making her laugh. And those were all the things Mm -hmm. that... They were giving us. And I think most shocking of all in Heidi's look, she had a, a set of false teeth and she had no gap. Oh, <laughs> Did I didn't you notice, even notice that. that. No, <laughs> she closed like, her gap. <laughs> she closed the gap for it. And Lala, so I love that Lala had that um that bodysuit with the the see-through sides, but she was wearing like boxer briefs under it that were visible, which was really funny <laughs> to me. Heidi's titty bib was all torn up it was it was just like every little detail about it was so that was so funny. funny yeah so yeah at first i was wondering if it was some kind of performative relief of like they're not going to get me face cracking again but as you know i ended up going to a, yeah. a viewing party on friday that heidi hosted because i wanted to see her reaction to this and the audience when she was declared safe we had kind of a, a tepid response because i think a lot of us were like why like why is she safe like we weren't you know booing but we weren't like yeah she's safe and she was kind of up she's like why are you guys clapping more i was so relieved to be safe like you know like this was really tough for me and like she was, was like equally doing that to this crowd as she was on camera so i was just like i was like no like you should be so mad let it out queen yeah yeah well that is weird to hear yeah oh well well, she's safe to slay another day. <laughs> she yes, I mean, I'd rather have her be be safe than in the bottom. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I've been questioning. We've been questioning. I think both of us are biased, or at least acknowledging it with some of these queens that we're just <laughs> such a fan of personality wise. But I just, I can't, I can't say that it's only my my love for Heidi and Closet as a drag queen that's making me think that she should not have been safe for three weeks in a row. Oh yeah, no, she objectively did a wonderful job yeah our winner this week was jimbo while darian was in the bottom despite getting solid reactions to her performance from the judges and standing out amongst james and alexis in her group and for her runway which was probably the sexiest thing she's ever worn and i thought she looked great yeah uh it seemed that the judges turned a little more critical after this moment where alexis brought up the fact that she didn't like the group's concept which is a spoof (laughs) of lost she apologized for it and pointed out that it was Darian's idea. <laughs> How did you feel about Alexis firing up the old bus? And do we think that this contributed to Darian being put in the bottom alongside James and Alexis? Or was it going to be a bottom three the whole time? Well, I'm going to pose Rue's age-old question and ask, is the bus still running? Um, yes, and Alexis <laughs> Michelle is driving it. It what, Like, I mean, I thought, okay... I am going to subscribe to the mindset of this is at once the most fascinating, incredible, and also cringiest thing. And I think Alexis Michelle probably intended it as all of those things at once. <laughs> but um, it I mean, it's a great moment. You love these kind of moments. It, it felt the same way that I feel when they you get like a really good uh, who should go home and why answer when yes. Rue asked, but, but like Alexis Michelle was just like, I'm making this happen six episodes before it's supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. And it was a really fun moment. But then when you start thinking about it in the context of a competition, I'm like, yeah, I would be really pissed if I was Darian. Um, 
I think that it probably, because I think judging was, I think if it was a bottom two, I don't know if Darian would have been in that bottom two because the judges really seemed to praise her outfit and her performance in the challenge. They were like, oh, you stood out among the group, even though it wasn't that funny. They were like, you did a really good job in the context of this group. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Alexa saying that did make it become a bottom three then. And there's just the whole team is going to go down for this. But in our interview coming up, Dari, I also asked Darian that question if she thought that it Alexa saying that made it a bottom three instead of a bottom two. So you'll have to stay tuned for her answer on that because she does have some feelings. From a TV standpoint, I was pretty surprised that they did it this way. With a, we don't often get it where they split it up completely by group. Yeah, I thought it really would have. They spent so much time in the work, like putting, showing these conversations that queens were having in the workroom of like, we're not going to vote against our teammates, and then to have it be like that was never an option for anyone. Where I think it would be much more compelling TV if they either had only. Alexis and James in the bottom two, and then Darian would have to be forced to pick. And then just like the dynamics that come from that, or if they had not split it up by group and had it be, here's one bottom from each team. Yeah. I think that could have been interesting or any other kind of combo, which like, you know, those conversations never came into play. And it seemed like, okay, at this point, if you don't do it by track record, like it's just such an easy vote, I think, to vote by track record. Yeah, and I think Darian also set, talks a little bit mm-hmm. about this in the interview coming up is that it it sort of seemed like everybody was at this point in the competition now that track record is sort of seemingly very solidified by this point, she feels that people reverted and were like, yeah, I'm, I don't want the fans to get mad at me, so I'm going to vote based on track record, which is the easiest. Even though I don't I truly don't believe that Darian deserved to go home this week. Um but unfortunately, she did. She did also fight for her position pretty hard, though. She got kind of cutthroat with it in her deliberation with Jimbo. It was nice mm-hmm. to see not only an emotional fight, but a competitive and ruthless fight to stay, which I think Jimbo might have appreciated. The The lip sync assassin was then revealed to be Vegas showgirl and season one star, the delicious <laughs> Miss Mandarin. <laughs> Chanel, who uh, that was also a note that Jillian added in there for me to do puckering noises against my knowledge. (laughs) Um, But Chanel lip synced against Jimbo, who lost, I believe it was her fifth or sixth overall lip sync. Uh, Jimbo has not ever won a lip sync for a performance that wasn't very notable all around. But Chanel did lose her nails on the stage and I cackled when she held her hand up to show that she had lost several of her fingers in the process of doing what was an otherwise very tame lip sync. So how do we feel about the group vote sending Darian home? Because this was the first consensus among the entire cast. Everybody voted for Darian. Yes, except for Darian voting for James. For just Darian, as payback yes. for James voting for her previously. But yeah, like I said, I think it was just an easy vote. Um, it it kind of throws into a, a loop what they've been – we still have like had not had any agreement from this group of that they are voting for track record or not. And right. earlier, Heidi – somebody – oh, it was the Safe Queens and Untucked. They are talking about, well, you know, it's probably Darian's time. Like, she's a legend, but yeah, this many times in the bottom. And Heidi said, well, it's still up to, you know, how much fight they have. But I think that turned out to not be the case because if Heidi's voting by fight, then I think it was – she wouldn't have voted for Darian. So I think just knowing that you're going to have to explain yourself at the beginning of next week's episode, uh, this is just an, an easy an easy out to, you know, not have – is is you could probably guess that Darian was going to go home that enough people would be voting by track record when your record is unfortunately that low like Darian's was at this point that you're not going to then piss off Alexis who I think would be who would vote by retaliation based on somebody voting you know getting one or two votes maybe well it is interesting too because in the interview coming up with Darian Darian did say well, Alexis didn't vote for me. I know Alexis didn't vote for me, but it, it Alexis did vote for Alexis Darian. Vote. So, um, yeah. she said she Darian told me that Alexis 
told her that she didn't vote for her. Um, so before the exit interview, like we have to, you know, there's a note in the piece saying that we did sort of reach out to get Alexis's side of this too, because we're not sure, um, if maybe Darian's misremembering, maybe Alexis did tell her this. I, we don't know. It's unclear at this point. So, uh, interested to get to the bottom of that. Or it's Monica Beverly Hills and Nisha all over again. Cause Monica didn't know what the, the point until watching right. the episode no, that Nisha had yeah. ended up voting for her. So, uh-huh. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Darian is might that have been gooped. Yes. Yes. So we it, it is unclear okay. at this point. We hope to have more information on that soon. But um, yeah, you can hear in the interview coming up that Darian seems to genuinely think that Alexis did not vote for her. So Ooh, we'll see how juicy. that plays out. Yes. yes. And so I did. I loved when... Oh, wait. Hold on. There's a siren. One second. It's the... <laughs> They're coming to pick up Merle Ginsburg's body. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> no. Leave it in, leave it in, leave it in, leave it in. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, I, lo- I did love when Chanel, sh- this move that Chanel did where she just like fell straight onto her hip. Did you like before the broken nail thing? It was the weirdest. Like it wasn't a. Uh, yeah, it was like. What? I, I don't know. I, maybe this comes from the ballroom community, and I've just never seen it. But <laughs> I doubt it. But it was just the funniest move to me to just like hop straight onto your hip. I'm like, girl, no, you're from season one. You gotta watch those hips. Um, but I did also. <gasps> Jillian. <laughs> Katya just had a hip replacement and she's from season seven. You got to protect your body. Um, but I did love that the lip sync song. This is, this is an Easter egg only for me. I'm sure the lip sync song was Joan Jett's bad reputation, which is the theme song from freaks and geeks, which is one of my all time favorite TV shows and was executive produced by Judd Apatow, who is guest judge Maud Apatow's dad. So hmm. I, it was all I was thinking about during that. The whole time. only meaningful connection of Mod Apatow to Drag yes. Race ever uncovered yes. by anyone. I was like, this has this cannot be a coincidence. I yeah. don't think. Um, but speaking of bad reputations, I did look up some of Jimbo's lip sync stats, and mm-hmm. so I found that Jimbo has now lost a total of five lip syncs across three different Drag Race franchises Aww. to queens from four different countries, including two international Drag Race hosts. And then I loved this fun fact that I'm going to read from the the fan wiki jimbo is the first drag race contestant to fall over in a lip sync and not be sent home on the same episode which <laughs> i just thought was like a funny way to say it it was it was when she tripped and tumbled over pangina on uk versus the oh, world yeah, yeah she wouldn't have gone home anyway from that I, but i just imagining right. like rupaul saying like stop the lip sync for your legacy and yeah. like jimbo you're going home because you fell um but jimbo seems to be the front runner of this season and i'm wondering like does that put her at risk of being mm. what's the opposite of a lip sync assassin, a lip sync victim, lip sync casualty. Like does this well, put her at risk for the crown? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Cause I, I think maybe after this Jimbo will try a different approach to lip syncing after seeing that two of the similar sort of approaches didn't work. I think that the thing with Jimbo is that I think Jimbo sometimes puts herself into outfits that don't necessarily look like they are the easiest to lip sync in. So um, maybe that's it. I don't know, because I think that if she had lip synced in the titty butt, she could have been out there having all kinds of fun, bouncing around like Jessica and her coconuts. But this time she changed and she was in... Uh You're not going to get this reference, but my favorite cartoon as a kid was Gem and the Holograms, and she looked like exactly like the the villain of the band called the Misfits, Pizzazz. So I loved her look for this, but I just think that I know that this. I mean, I've never seen Jimbo perform live before, but I can't imagine that this is what she's doing in a in a live show. And I think that I don't know. There has to be some other way. I don't. I don't think she's necessarily bad. She's not standing there. No, she's not bad. It's just not. I mean, it's funny in its own Jimbo way. Like, I kind of chuckle at it each time. But I just think in the – I know I say this all the time. But in the context of Drag Race, it's like – it just is – it's not working. And I think Jimbo is hilarious. I think Jimbo is a great live performer. But, um, yeah, it's just for, for – on this platform, on this stage, there's something that is just not clicking for the judges with Jimbo. And hopefully we'll see it soon. Hopefully we'll see Jimbo pull out a grand, great – 
lip sync. I would love to see it. But yes, in the titty butt, I would love to have because Jimbo posted some videos over the weekend of her at a gig doing dancing at the titty mm. butt, which was really funny. Yeah. And this is no, when you pull the to... lipstick and the, the gooshing out of your titty yes! butt. Not gonna be, yes! Then I would have laughed. <laughs> yes. Just like, yeah. Although Jessica Wilds was had a more emotional sort of connection last oh, week. Yeah, for sure. Um, doing the coconuts lip sync. I think that Jimbo could have done something similar and pulled out a win for that. So Jimbo, we know you can do it. We are pulling for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, although not pulling lipsticks out of asses for you. Um, well, if she won and then pulled the dairy and you're going home lipstick out of her ass. Ah! See, that's a joke. Yes. That even Michelle Visage wouldn't cut. Um, but I just want to share a couple of random notes. These are stupid, but just things that stood out to me. One was I was so like, why when they did the judges intros and Rue says hi to Maud Apatow and Maud Apatow just says, God will get you for that, Rue. And I'm just like, there has to be a reason for that. So I did look it up. And that is the one of the catchphrases to Maud, which is a, a sitcom that starred B. Arthur pre-Golden Girls um, and is who Maud Apatow is named after, I'm pretty sure. The other was Candy's look on the ass, The World Turns Runway, I think is a clear reference to Aja on All Stars 3 with her anime look. So I don't know if that was the same designer, but I thought that was really fun. That's her drag mom. Um, in the uh, trailers, the castaways group, when they had the dead celebrities, uh, one, <laughs> one like there was like this pile of trash that washed up on the beach, and one of them was the same bottle of bleach that Cloris Bleachman, <laughs> Jas- J- James's uh, puppet, was made out of from the design challenge. So I thought that was funny. Um, and then Jessica, well, okay, so I think I'm wrong about this, but Jessica in the in their sketch, she called uh Jimbo a booger. And I was like, oh, that's a callback to her season, but that's not the same season, right? That was the Jessica uh, season no, two, was Boogers season, or yeah, season three. Boogers okay. Season well, three, it's still funny, right? but whatever. That was it it's funny. not quite as as fun as I thought it was. Um, and then just Chanel and Alexis Michelle, I'm sorry, but they look more alike to me than sugar and spice. And I can never tell them apart. And the fact that they were both on this season is was really funny to me. Well, okay, that's all. <laughs> thank you for those thoughts, Jillian, and observations. Um, twinks, theys, thems, and children into the boat first, however, because it's time to set sail on the SS Muse through the cool, refreshing waters of Darien Lake as we talk with this week's Eliminated Queen about her run on All Stars 8, how she really felt about the Queen's voting for her to leave, her impressions of the Alexis moment on the runway, and the deeper significance of her bearing it all on the runway in a truly all-time great Darien look. Stay tuned for the interview. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast, and you might need to throw me a life preserver flotation device today, not because I'm taking a dip into the cool, refreshing waters we all know so well, but because I have physically cried so many tears at my next guest's elimination that I could actually feel like a real swimming pool. Here to talk about it all and her amazing run on All Stars 8, say hello to Miss Darian Lake. Darian, thank you so much for being here with me today. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I wish it wasn't so soon that we talked, but Yes, hello. I know. I always savor the chance to talk to you at all. And I have to tell you, as I told Heidi last week when I was talking to her on this podcast, that I still have that makeup wipe that you gave me at Aww. the uh, promo shoot for our interview. I'm I know. I'm selling those at DragCon. Both of them. Or I sold those at DragCon. Oh, yep. so I'm not so special. No, no. Um, each one is individual <laughs> and special. And you can clone me, especially if you want to have two sad people in the world. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. The more Darien-like, we need more Darien-like in the world. That is what the uh, lesson from this is. And I do want to get into a lot of what happened on this week's episode because there was a lot. But before we get into that and the judging math, that to me, at least, was not mathing, I do want to talk to you about my conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do want to talk to you about my conversation with last week's eliminated queen, uh, Mrs. Kasha Davis, who told me a little story about meeting you on gay.com and then making out at a club. So is there anything that you would like to add to her version of events that she might have left out? I don't remember it at all. Um, (laughs) So uh, either she was so drunk that she thought somebody else was me or or I might have been intoxicated as well and didn't remember either. So um, we would talk on gay.com. Yeah. I remember that she's saying that she likes ice cream. That's the only thing I really remember from day.com or whatever. I was like, oh, we should go on an ice cream date or something. And I was like, eh, okay. But yeah, at the time I wasn't eating carbs. Uh, it was around the turn of the century and Atkins was real big. So, um, <laughs> well, she, yes, she, I, I believe she did say that you were drunk. So, I yeah. mean, that's, well, we'll just chalk it up to that, that you. I know. And like remember. I said on the show, like, you know, just say no kids. You know, right. So. Just say no to Mrs. Kasha Davis. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not to drugs or alcohol. Just say no to Mrs. Kasha Davis. Yes. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> She's what... a married lady. She yes. is a married woman. Yes. Because uh, I, I did. I thought that this was, I thought she was saying when she said it on the show that she meant it happened like last year. And I was like, well, how does Mr. Davis feel about this? And she was like, no, no, no. This was like 25 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's talk about this episode. I mean, we have seen <laughs> so far in the competition, there's been a lot of strategizing going on with Heidi and Lala, but also Heidi and Candy and Jimbo, the two alliances happening seemingly unbeknownst to the others. Um, yeah. Did I think you... some of the other girls were also involved in this alliance or <gasps> alliances. So, yeah. Okay, um, please tell me about that because I would love to know. And then the second thing I would like to know is if you attempted to strategize with anyone in secret that we did not see. Right. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing. It's like, you know, I mean, going into it, being so close to Kasha Davis, we were sort of like in an unsaid alliance. Yeah. And the thing was, is people are like, well, you're not like next to each other in the workroom. I'm like, because the spy goes on that side, the spy goes on that side, and we come <laughs> together in the end. Like, yes, I, it's it's like velociraptors. It's not the one that you, you're looking at. It's the one that's in the bushes that's going to attack you. So Clever girls. You know, a clever girl. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. And also, I think already going into it, you know, with having an alliance against you, you know, with some of the votes that went towards me for the first episode, I was like, those are clearly the girls who are in the alliance. And I don't blame them for being in alliance, um, you know, because it's a great way to strategize, which also made me sort of like when I was reflecting on it, you know, people, how was it? How was the experience? And all that stuff. It was great. You know, um, you know, I feel proud of like what I did and what I was able to show and all that stuff or whatever, uh, especially my looks, because like a lot of people said that my looks were lacking in season six. And so I feel like I really elevated that, which is amazing. You did. Um, yeah. Spent a lot of fucking money on it. And especially like, you know, when my looks are like lacking and they're like, OK, first day. We're not going to do the reading challenge, something that you'll excel at. And we're going to get throw you lots of runways. Fuck. You know, yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? It's like this, they planned this, didn't they? It was <laughs> specific to get rid of me. How dare you? Um, and so it was very interesting because everything was sort of turned upside down. But I said mm-hmm. to people, I'm like, I didn't really come away feeling that camaraderie like I did on season six. Yeah. You know, being so close to like Adora, Bianca, Courtney, you know, having that sort of feeling. And I was like, maybe it's because I wasn't there long. But then, of course, reflecting back on it, I'm like, well, you can't really get close to somebody and really get a bond or a friendship when they are ready to stab a knife in your back in an alliance. For me, I love with both feet on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm ready to like enjoy the experience and all that. But if somebody has this ulterior motive of like, well, I'm already in an alliance, so I can only get so close to you. So, True. so I think so- that's what sort of prevented me from being like having like these like, oh my God, I want to call you and text you and I miss you. Yeah. You know? So, so I'm trying to piece together though, who else you're saying. So was it, is it maybe, cause I think who voted for you last time? It was Heidi, James yep. and Lala was the other one. I think so. Candy as well. Oh, Candy. Um, yes. Yeah. So you think James is in on their alliance too, is what you're saying. Or a part of some other alliance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I mean, she was a guest in my home. How oh, dare she? Yeah. She was um, a guest in your home. <laughs> It was a guest in my home. How dare she? 
uh, we brought her in for uh, comedy at the Carlson. We did a, a show before COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it was pretty much right before COVID. And it was just like, to have fun. And I've, oh, I always, you know, I still like James. Like, I still, I've yeah. always liked her. I think she's funny. And, you know, all that stuff or whatever. So, yeah. I drove okay. around. We went to antique stores. Ah, How dare she? So we'll yes. keep an eye on James throughout the rest of the this season. So I'll see what Absolutely. she is up to. Um, I do want to ask you about this moment that Heidi had in the workroom. Um, she said that Candy had confided off camera things to her and she has tea that could burn down the competition. So I'm wondering in that moment when Heidi was saying this in the workroom after Candy had sort of called out Heidi's moment from last week. What was the reaction like in the room? And did you know what this tea was that Heidi was supposedly talking about? I didn't know what this tea was at all. So I had no idea, like, really. Because again, like, I wasn't in that alliance. I wasn't close to those girls. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, you know, privy to that information. So, um, you know, and, you know, it's like you hear rumors afterwards and all that stuff or whatever um, of like, oh, did they do this? Did they do that? Like, what are the rumors that you've heard? I don't know. <laughs> like, I believe nothing of what I hear and only half of what I see. So unless a queen is going to come out and call somebody out, that's why I'm always like, say names. Don't be vague. Yes. Don't be vague booking. I remember like, remember how I felt in the moment and all that stuff, whatever. I'm not going to sit there and like judge people for what, for what I see on TV because, yeah. you know, it's not going to change the outcome, you know? Mm-hmm. One outcome I did like though was, your output on the runway this week, I thought that your look was, it was so different from, I think, what we have seen from you on the show. And you looked absolutely beautiful. I was, my jaw was on the floor at this look. I thought it was so lovely. But then when it came to judging, the scoring, it didn't necessarily make much sense to me this week because you did seem to only get positive critiques. And we didn't see a single negative critique for you until after the Alexis situation happened. So after that initial round of judging, did it seem like you were going to be in the bottom individually? And did what Alexis said, did that ultimately surprise you? When yeah, she it didn't. Up? Oh, absolutely. It surprised me. It's, you know, it's like when you walk into the street in the crosswalk and a bus hits you, yeah. um, you know, and especially if somebody throws you under it, of course, it's a shock. And also, like, I felt like I was defending, you know, my position. It's like, okay, you didn't tell me to make a comedy. You told me to make a trailer and something, a trailer doesn't give away the entire ending as well. You know, like, I felt like I was being positive about that. And I felt great about the look as well because, and I felt nervous about the look, I'll say as well, because I'm not somebody who shows their legs and all that stuff or whatever, especially because I'm misshapen and stuff. And especially after having the melanoma and having the cancer removed and like there is a dent in my leg and, and always having people say stuff and comment about my body and about Mm -hmm. my legs. That was a huge hurdle for me to overcome. And luckily, like I felt like, like I really, some of the other girls helped me sort of feel that confidence um, and not giving a fuck. So yeah, I really, you know, commend you for doing this yeah. look, especially after going through that. Um, I know you've yeah. been on a long journey with your body, and I thought that this was right. a very nice way to sort of cap that journey, at least yeah. on the show and yeah. what you talked about by going out <clears throat> looking as stunning as you looked on that runway. It was like well, an all-time great Darian look. I truly think so. Um, thank you. And, you know, and that's the thing, too, about, like, body positivity. I can still be positive about my body and still not like certain aspects of it, you know, mm-hmm. so and still want to work on it or what yeah. have you. I do want to ask if you think if if what Alexis had said, do you think that you would have ended up in the bottom if she hadn't said that? Do you think it might have just been Alexis and James? or And do you think if Alexis saying that maybe made it a bottom three? I don't think that she, what she said made it a bottom three, but I think that it definitely had, you know, an impact. I mean, how could it not? I know that she said it to sort of save her own ass or whatever. So I think it was like some things are better left unsaid. You know, the the captain goes down with the ship. Um, so I guess I was the captain in that situation. Mm-hmm. Well, you so. did vote for James to leave. I did. We saw. Yeah, um, because so she had I'm... voted for me. Right. So, you know, and like, as much as I don't hold it against you, I don't forget. So, of course, I, you know, I vote in the way of like, I support people who support me. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think um, a lot of fans... to my knowledge, Alexis hadn't voted for me. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, because I think a lot of fans seeing this are asking, you know, why, like, why you didn't I vote, vote for Alexis. Alexis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's because Alexis was like, I'm not voting for you. 
but then mm-hmm. she didn't vote for me in the end. You okay. know, um, that makes so, sense. yeah, it was like, oh, I'm not going to vote for you. And I knew that like James was probably going to vote for me because she'd already voted for me. So my best bet was, was that or whatever, you know, yeah. let them all burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm blocking them, block and report for spam. No, no you I, haven't blocked gonna, anybody. <laughs> no, I haven't blocked anybody. I'm not uh, James. And so um, <gasps> you heard about that, right? Apparently. Um, no, wait, a what? Have gotten a, a couple. No, they haven't gotten blocked. I don't know if they've gotten blocked, but I know that some girls have gotten unfollowed. So you can go through Instagram and find out who's been followed and unfollowed. I don't care about that shit. Like, if you want to unfollow me, that's fine. I'll continue to follow you. I'll continue to, you know, double tap your your things or whatever until you block me. Like, because I don't care. It's not that it's not that big a deal. This is, you know, this is a television show, entertainment program. Like, it's not real life. It's a documentary. This is like a fun experience that we can have to build our careers and have fun and throw some shade and like show off some fabulous, you know, things. And so, you know, um, yeah. And, and prove to, you know, people that it doesn't matter if you go home first, that you can excel uh, past episode four, or, you know, you could be in the top four and I'm in the top four again, top four girls to go out first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is just top so, four on both seasons. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to cry myself to sleep about it. I'm like, yeah, it's frustrating. I get frustrated at myself. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, and, Hindsight is always twenty twenty. You could always go back and be like, oh, I should have done this. It's it's just like the people who watch the show and go, oh, girl, I would have done this. I would have done that. I'm like, yeah, you would have. With no time to spare, with nothing, you know, and when they said, you've got 20 minutes to do this, yeah, you would have, you would have shit the bed too. So, well, I think know. that 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 sort of confidence and security, I think we kind of saw that with yeah. Mrs. Kasha Davis last week too, is that it's like you have built up such a strong foundation outside the show. Um, yeah. And I know that placement on a show doesn't, shouldn't determine anybody's worth in this industry. But I mean, you have sort of built up this status as an icon outside of the show. So I understand where yeah. that's coming from. But I do, I want to ask when it was revealed that the group had voted for you and that's what would be sending you home based on the lip sync between Jimbo and Chanel. What were you feeling in that moment? Because you are human. So what w- what did that feel like yeah. to know that the group had voted for you? I was like, I, pretty much I was like, son of a fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I was just frustrated. I was just frustrated, especially because if you look at, you know, after the the first episode, a lot of the girls thought I would be in the top. You know, I mean, even AOC enjoyed my Billie Eilish look, you know, so a lot of the girls thought I did really well. So for me, I'm like, you can't say that I've been in the bottom twice if you really don't think I deserve to be in the bottom in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they're like, well, you know, I don't want the fandom to be mad at me. So I'll just do by track record um, or alliances. And so it's a bit of a cop out in a way. So the um, you heard people saying that they didn't want the fandom to get mad at them. Well, I mean, everybody feels that way, I think, at some point. But yeah. for me, I'm like, look, there's some people who are never going to like me, and I'm not here to please them. I'm just here to please the people who do like me. So, you know, fuck them if you don't like it. Fuck them twice if they do, you know. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I think even Jimbo said that, like, about being afraid of the fan reaction and stuff. Right. You know, like, like that Pangina had when she sent Jimbo home. You know, mm-hmm. they're feel for that, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm like, look, you want to take the four flights, a dog sled, and go through a wardrobe to get to Rochester to like curse me out? Fucking go for it. <laughs> I have the you know frequent flyer miles to come to your house, so you should be more worried about me. There you go. There you go. I you love know? that mindset. the The last thing that I will ask you is, I'm so glad that we have truly not seen the last of Darian Lake on All Stars Eight because we have, have the fame, have the fame you. games coming up, and it's just yes. I love the fame games. So what or, can you? T- if there's something else. <gasps> oh <my> gosh, <gasps> breaking news. T T T T. That's the thing too. They they told me I can lie if I want to. So, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know how this works. Yes. <laughs> um, I know. I am a pathological liar. I am only 27 years old. Um, <laughs> you never know. I mean, who knows? Who knows what who knows? happens next week? Who knows? Who's to say? Who's to say? But I Who's do want say? you Maybe to say somebody breaks an ankle or and their ankle goes clink. And they, they need a replacement. They bring back cornbread for another ankle spectacular. I do want to oh. make sure before we go, though, Darian, I do want to ask yeah. you to give a sort of maybe a tease or a plug for yourself for the Fame Games and your runways coming up and what we can expect. Oh, you're going to expect definitely not stuff that you've ever seen before. 
and things that also mean so uh, there's a look especially that means so much to me on a personal level uh, to the point where like I could even actually show emotion or even broke, break into tears about it because it means something so special to me. Um, and then there's some, um, yeah, other wild and crazy and, and some things that are unhinged. I can't believe got the go ahead and the approval. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, yeah, there's one look. You'll be like, they approve that. So yeah, we'll see. Great. All right, mm-hmm. well, Darian, I am looking forward to all of that and, and, and especially looking forward to what you do outside of the show too because you have such a lovely career. It's always so much fun to watch you and it was so lovely getting to meet you these past few weeks. So I wish you the best of luck in everything that you do. Yes, block and report. Okay. Block and awesome. report. Yeah. No, yes. of course. I love you lots too and hopefully sometime soon we'll see each other. Yes, until then your makeup wipe will be hanging on my wall. Oh, <laughs> so nice. I hope it's framed. It it will be. Yes, it absolutely I'm will like, be. how are the darts going to get into it? <laughs> um. Thank you so much for listening today. We are about to perform another exorcism on the show, but this time it will be Jillian Closet and I being exorcised from your ear holes so we can go spend our days with Sasha Colby as God at the gates of the great Club 96 in the sky. If we ever return to Earth, you can probably catch us back on your feeds next Tuesday with an all-new episode featuring interviews with the cast of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 8. Please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to us. And until next time, have, have a, a blast, <laughs> Titty <laughs> I made some script changes this week, unbeknownst to Jerry. <laughs> Let's try that again. Let's try that again. Energy... Have, Have a blessed, a blessed titty, titty butt. butt. <laughs> this ass is clean. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. There's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Just someone go- douche is gooshing. gooshing. Well, just someone douching. <laughs> That's what I call it.